to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Join me tonight, we got Rob. Hey, guys, it's Rob. And we got Devin. Hey, it's me, it's Devin. How's it going, Pete? So, this week is going to be part two. We're going to cover the rest of the uh, monk traditions in D&D 5e and go ahead and give those some ratings. If you're just tuning in and you didn't listen to last week's episode we covered the first half of the tradition so feel free to go quit back. being a bitch and go listen yeah go listen uh go listen. i will give a little recap rundown uh way of mercy we gave an a way of shadow we gave a b plus way of the ascendant dragon we gave a b plus way of the astral self we gave a b plus Way of the Cobalt Soul, we gave a B minus, and Way of the Drunken Master, we ended up giving a B, uh, collectively. So, this week, I want to start by saying Rob got me some dope ass shit in the mail today. I did. Uh, he got me with our new logo, a simply unprofessional shirt and flex fit hat. Uh, and Rob, tell everybody where they can go if they want some merch, some nifty, you know, simply unprofessional swag. Uh, you can go to the Distractions Media merch store. Uh, I don't know the actual, like, website to go straight there, but if you go to distractionsmedia.com, you can go to the link for our merch store from there. Or on the Distractions Media Discord, there's also a link. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to go I'm get so a go get a simply unprofessional hat. I'm so proud of us. Yeah. Um, I got Matilda simply unprofessional dog bandana because they had those two. Which she's not allowed to wear outside because she's just gonna drag it through the mud because I know she hates me. <laughs> All right. You know what so. I don't have any simply unprofessional merch. What's that? I need. You know I don't have any simply unprofessional merch. You're gonna have to change that, Devin. I know I gotta buy something, but right now, right now, Devin, poor boy. Devin, poor boy. I'm gonna get Devin a hat. Does Devin want a flex fit hat? Devin always wants flex fit hats. All right, I'll work on it. I'll have to go through the SU lawyers. (laughs) All right, we'll figure it out. All right, so this week we're gonna be starting with the way of the four elements. The best uh, class that the monks have ever had. Lies. What? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we made, candidate we made for predictions. Possibly the worst. We, we did. I say the Sun Soul is going to be the worst one. You say this one's going to be the worst one. Yeah. Are All you right. Gonna uh, I'll, I'll read this one, one. I'll read this one. So, first thing you get, you get Disciple of the Elements. When you choose this tradition at third level, you learn magical disciplines that harness 
the power of the four elements. A discipline requires you to spend key points each time you use it. You know the elemental attunement discipline and one other elemental discipline of your choice, which are detailed in the elemental discipline section below. You learn one additional elemental elemental discipline of your choice at 6th, 11th, and 17th levels. So, whenever you learn a new elemental discipline, you can also replace one elemental discipline that you already know with a different discipline. Casting elemental spells. Some elemental disciplines allow you to cast spells. See the spell spell casting section for the general rules of the spell casting. Uh, to cast one of these spells, use its casting time and other rules, but you don't need to provide material components for it. Once you reach 5th level in this class, you can spend additional key points to increase the level of the elemental discipline spell that you cast, provided that the spell has an enhanced effect at a higher level, such as burning hands. <clears throat> um, essentially, just look for the little at higher levels and see if it has anything. Uh, the spell's level increases by one for each additional key point you spend. For example, if you are a fifth level monk and use Sweeping Cinder Strike to cast Burning Hands, you can ca you can spend three key points to cast it as a second level spell. The discipline's base cost of two key points plus one. The maximum number of key points you can spend to cast a spell in this way, including its base key point cost and any additional key points that you spend to increase its level... What is that noise? So like Rob was like oh. trying to get the last of a Slurpee. Uh, is determined by your monk level shown as the spells and key points table. So essentially from 5th to 8th, you can spend 3 key points to, to utilize this function. 9th to 12th, you can spend 4. 13th to 16th, 5. And 17th to 20th, 6. <clears throat> um... So basically, this is spend your key points and be a worse wizard. Yeah. Uh, elemental disciplines. The elemental disciplines are presented in alphabetical order. Uh, if a discipline requires a level, you must be that level in, the, in this class to earn that discipline. Breath of Winter. You can spend six key points to cast Cone of Cold. 17th level is required. Clench of the North Wind. You can spend three key points to cast Hold Person. Sixth level required. Elemental attunement. I think this is what you start off with. Uh, you can use your action to briefly control elemental forces within 30 feet of you, causing one of the following effects of your choice. Create a harmless, instantaneous sensory effect related to air, earth, fire, or water, such as a shower of sparks, a puff of wind, a spray of light mist, or a gentle rumbling of stone. <clears throat> Or September by Earth. <laughs> Instantaneously light or snuff out a candle, a torch, or a small campfire. Chill or warm up one pound of non-loving material for up to one hour. Cause earth, fire, water, or mist that can fit within one foot cube to shape itself into a crude form that you designate for one minute. So this is oh, essentially just that cantrip. It's a less useful prestidigitation is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a presentation thaumaturgy all rolled in the one, but it's still less useful than either one of those spells. Uh, 
Eternal Mountain Defense. You can spend five key points to cast Stone Skin targeting yourself. 17th level is required. Fangs of the Fire Snake. When you use the action, when you use the attack action on your turn, you can spend one key point to cause tendrils of flame to stretch out from your fists and feet. Your reach with your unarmed strikes increases by 10 feet for that action as well as the rest of the turn. A hit with such an attack deals fire damage instead of bludgeoning damage, and if you spend one key point when the attack hits, it also deals an additional 1d10 fire damage. Uh, Fist of Four Thunders, you can spend two key points to cast a wave. <laughs> Fist of Unbroken Air, you can create a blast of compressed air that strikes like a mighty fist. As an action, you can spend two key points and choose a creature within 30 feet of you. That creature must make a strength saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 3d10 bludgeoning damage plus an extra 1d10 bludgeoning damage for each additional key point you spend. And you can push that creature up to 20 feet away from you and knock it prone. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage and you don't push it or knock it prone. So that's a lot like like in those kung fu movies where you see somebody like strike the air and then it just reverberates the air into the you know and then it impacts the enemy. It's yep. Essentially that. Uh, Flames of the Phoenix. You can cast four key points to cast Fireball. Eleventh level required. Uh, Gong of the Summit. You can cast three key. You can spend three key points to cast Shatter. Sixth level required. Miss Stance. You can spend four key points to cast. Gaseous form targeting yourself, 11th level required. Ride the wind, you can cast, you can spend four key points to cast fly targeting yourself, 11th level required. River of Hungry Flame, you can spend five key points to cast wall of fire, 17th level required. Rush of the Gale Spirits, you can cast, you can spend two key points to cast gust of wind. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Shape the Flowing River. As an action, you can spend one key point to choose an area of ice or water no larger than 30 feet on a side within 120 feet of you. Uh, You can change water to ice within the area and vice versa. You can reshape ice in the areas in any manner you choose. You can raise or lower the ice elevation. Create or fill in a trench, erect a flattened wall, or form a pillar. The extent of any such changes can't exceed half the area's largest dimension. For example, if you affect a 30-foot square, then you can create a pillar up to 15 feet high. Raise or lower the square's elevation by up to 15 feet. Dig a trench up to 15 feet deep, so on. You can't shape the ice to trap or damage a creature in the area. <clears throat> okay. That does not have a level requirement. Just a couple more. Sweeping Cinder Strike. You can ca- you can spend two key points to cast Burning Hands. Water Whip. You can spend two key points as an action to create a whip of water that shoves and pulls a creature to unbalance it. A creature that you can see that is within 30 feet of you must make a deck saving throw. <laughs> On a failed save, the creature takes 3d10 bludgeoning damage. Plus an extra 1d10 bludgeoning damage for each additional key point that you spend. And you can either knock it prone or pull it 25 feet closer to you. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage, and you don't pull it or knock it prone. Finally, Wave of Rolling Earth. You can spend 6 key points to cast Wall of Stone, requires 17th level. 
<sighs> so that's all the stuff for the four elements. All yep. of this stuff seems like really less useful other spells. The spells yep. that you would deem useful, like Fireball, you have to wait until 11th level to be able to even do that. Yep. Um, granted, by the time you do do that, you can <laughs> dump additional key points into it <laughs> and you know extend the level or heighten the level at which you're casting it. What are you laughing about? <laughs> because you said you can do do that, and then you said you could dump it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's it. Episode's over. I'm just going to myself. Webby, it's been fun. <sighs> Webby, it's been fun. Episode's over. You have a good <sighs> answer. <laughs> God damn it. All right, so, Rob, let's start with you, since you're being all giggly. What do you rate this, and why? I rated a big old doo-doo. I would give it, like, a C-. Because it wastes a bunch of your key points that you could use for other shit, but then it gives you spells that uh, people have already had for several levels. Yeah. Alright, Devin, what about you? I'm going to give it a C for the same reasons. I'm only giving it a C over a C- minus because it gives me, like, Avatar The Last Airbender vibes, and I, I fucks with it, but it's still a really shitty class. Uh, I do appreciate that it does give those av- Avatar Last Airbender vibes, like you said, especially the, uh, what is it, the uh, Water Whip? Yeah, the Water Whip. Um, that's not going to be a saving grace for me, man. I'm giving this a D. Big right, old so fucking dumper. You're making me fucking new math. Now, right there, baby. All right, hold on a second. A C, a C minus, and a D. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think it's going to be a D, like a D plus, but let me see. Hold on. C, uh, D, D plus, C minus, C. So you cross out the C and the D. So between a D plus and a C minus. So, Rob, if you had to pick a C minus or a D plus, you, you, are, you pick one. I guess it goes to me. I'm the tiebreaker. Uh, I picked C, so I would go with probably closer to a, to a C minus for me personally. So I would, I would say C minus. All right. You gave it a D, right? I sure did. I'm going to rate well, yeah, it overall like, as a C minus, but I'm yeah, also putting parentheses a D. Yeah. I was going to say that, or you know what? I would say, you know what? We'll give it a D plus because if you take my mine out, the D plus is the average of you and Rob. So we go with D plus. All right. So D, D plus. plus. It is. The plus, yeah, it's it's not it's 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 you are the, the it's getting into the phase of if you pick this, you're actively trying to fuck your group, or you're you're just bored and you played everything and you probably should just be like doing something else. Yeah, now like, don't get me wrong, like as a like if you're a first time player and you have your heart set on playing, fine, a monk, this is fine. Yeah, you you know you might pick this and be like, oh well, I can cast spells too, blah blah blah. But that's if you don't know about like about the game. wizards or sorcerers that could do all of that same stuff but better. <clears throat> I've met clerics that are better better wizards. Yeah, than that. <laughs> An arcane cleric is nothing to, nothing to scoff at. 
Uh, Rob is currently letting Matilda out, so why don't you go through uh, and read off the way of the Kensai? I know you oh, actually introduced me to this one, and uh, I actually do particularly like this class. I particularly yep. like this class a lot. If you uh, if you're doing like dual classing, but that's a separate issue for another day. Um, after the Kensei, when you choose this tradition at their level, your special martial arts training leads you to master the use of certain weapons. The path also includes instructions in the death stroke of calligraphy and painting. You gain the following benefits. You get a Kensei weapons. Choose two types of weapons to be your Kensei weapons, one melee weapon and one ranged weapon. Each of these weapons can be any simple or martial weapon that lack the heavy and specialty properties. Um, the longbow is also a valid choice. You gain proficiency with these weapons if you don't already have it. Uh, weapons of the chosen type are monk weapons for you, and may, many of this traditional features only work with your Kinsei weapon when you reach 6th, 11th, and 17th level in this class. You can choose another type of weapon, either melee or ranged, to be a Kinsei weapon for you, following the criteria above. You also gain access to Agile Parry. If you make an unarmed strike as part of the attack action on your turn and are holding a Kinsei weapon, you can use it to defend yourself. If it is a melee weapon, you gain a plus two bonus to AC until the start of your next turn. While the weapon is in your hand and you aren't incapacitated, Kensei shot. You can use a bonus action on your turn to make your range attack for the Kensei weapon more deadly. When you do so, any target you hit with a range attack using a Kensei weapon takes an extra 1d4 damage of the weapon's type. You retain this benefit until the end of your of the current turn. Um... Uh, way of the brush, you gain proficiency with your choice of calligrapher supplies or painter supplies. At 6th level, you gain the one with the blade. Um, at 6th level, you send your key into your kinsei weapon, granting you the following benefits. Magic kinsei weapon. Your attacks with your kinsei weapon count as magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage. You also gain death strike. When you hit a target with a kinsei weapon, you can spend one key point to cause the weapon to deal extra damage to the target equal to your martial arts dice. You can use this feature only once on each of your turns. Um, at level 11, you get Sharpen the Blade. Uh, at 11th level, you gain the ability to augment your weapons further with your key. As a bonus action, you can expend up to three key points to grant one Kensei weapon you touch a bonus a bonus to attack and damage rolls. When you attack with it, the bonus equals the number of key points you spent. The bonus lasts for one minute or until you use this feature again. This feature has no effect on a magic weapon that already has a bonus to attack and damage rolls. Um, and then you get level 17, you get unnearing accuracy. At 17th level, your mastery of weapons grants you extraordinary accuracy. If you miss with an attack roll using a monk weapon on your turn, you can re-roll it. You can use this feature only once on each of your turns. And yeah. So that last one's kind of like having like a luck once per turn. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it costs you nothing, which is kind of nice. Um, It's just a free luck on a any attack roll, and you just don't have to pay anything towards it you just get it i also like this because it broadens what weapons a monk can use yeah i mean and it and this is like the traditional like i'm gonna like 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 make fun of but this is very like the anime swordsman right. um this is very much like the anime swordsman um and i mean i overall really like this class it's kind of a hard class to like i guess place because people want to like looking at it and looking at the stuff that you can do with you know three D printing and all the other stuff that people make in real life, um, it makes you want to like, almost makes you want to like, in a weird way, like LARP this class. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Right. Like I can well, see I people mean, it like, works really well too with the agile parry because if you're the type of monk too, where like you're running up and you're taking your attack action, and then bonus action to do an offhand attack, right, and then you take right. your second and then attack also action. too, it's one of the only it's one of the only classes like the Kinsei shot is dope as shit if you're making a range character because. Um, yeah, you give up your attacks, so your attacks are tied to your bonus action, your, like, your flurry of blows tied to your bonus action. However, you, it, you do have a way of giving up, uh, using a bonus action and getting a, you're getting a 1d4 damage to all of your, to all of your attacks, attacks without, for that round. Yeah. all your attacks for that round without any additional, um, expenditures. Right. So, like, for instance, if you're a fighter, that's why I said this class is actually really awesome if you, like, dual class it. Because you could be like a fighter, for instance, um, who's specifically designed to like you could be a fighter or be an archer, and you could spend your bonus action. And it's like, well, it sucks. I can't use my flurry of blows, but you're also still like a full fighter, so you have a full like four attacks every turn. But you get an extra one d four in damage, and, and that adds up after a while, along right. with other stuff. And I mean, so this is actually like one of my this is this is another class that I think is. Kind of similar to the um, Astral Self, where it's a super fun class to play, but the, I think the enjoyment you get out of this class is a hundred percent depending on your your own RP. Yeah, I don't I don't think the class itself doesn't add anything to that makes you like want to like role play and makes you want to like invest in the class you 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 need to like write the story for this class yourself and i think after a while that gets kind of like eh that's just me though yeah all right um well rob i know you were letting matilda out when when devin was reading through some of this but uh i'm assuming you've read over it Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you what would you give this for a score? This particular class or tradition, I guess. I would go. I'd say probably B plus. Okay, B plus. Devin, what about I'm you? Same. I'm in the same boat. B plus. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll. I'll I'll do the same. Yeah. I mean, for a reason, if we want a reason for it, for me, uh, I can see this class anywhere between B and B+. The only reason why I went with the B+, is because I do feel um, in combat, this is one of the stronger classes. But I also could understand if you would like B- or B, because like I said, if you, there, the the class itself doesn't really go the distance when it comes to providing like excitement for the class. Right. You have to kind of provide that yourself. Yeah. I can definitely yeah, I understand that. Alright, moving on. Next we have Way of the Open Hand. Rob, do you want to read that one? Sure. <clears throat> uh Way of the Open Hand. Open hand technique. Starting when you choose this tradition at third level, you can manipulate your enemy's key when you harness your own. Whenever you hit a creature with one of the attacks granted by your flurry of blows, you can impose one of the following effects on the target. It must make a dexterity saving throw or be knocked prone. It must make a strength saving throw. If it fails, you can push it up to 15 feet away. 
it can't take reactions into the end of your next turn. Uh, wholeness of body. At 6th level, you gain the ability to heal yourself. As an action, you can regenerate, uh, you can regain hit points equal to 3 times your monk level. You must finish a long rest before you can use this feature again. Uh, tranquility. Beginning at 11th level, you can enter a special meditation that surrounds you with an aura of peace. At the end of a long rest, you gain the effective sanctuary spell that lasts until the start of your next long rest. The spell can end early as normal. Saving throw for the spell equals 8 plus your wisdom modifier plus your proficiency bonus. Quivering Palm. At 17th level, you gain the ability to set up lethal vibrations in someone's body. When you hit a creature with an unarmed strike, you can spend three key points to start these imperceptible vibrations, which last for a number of days equal to your monk level. The vibrations are harmless unless you use your action to end them. Uh, to do so, you and the target must be on the same plane of existence. When you use this action, the creature must make a constitution saving throw. If it fails, it is reduced to zero hit points. If it succeeds, it takes 10d10 necrotic damage. You can only have one creature under the effects of this feature at a time. You can choose to end the vibrations harmlessly without you, without using an action. Damn. All right. There is there is more into this than I thought there was. This this is actually kind of a good tradition in my in my opinion. Uh, even like your third level option. Uh, Whenever you use your flurry of blows, you can in, you can in, impose one of those following effects. One of those is you can just make it so they don't take reactions. So it's like okay, uh, I'm gonna flurry of blows, and then they can't take reactions, and then you just boot scoot and boogie out of danger. You know, you just slide to the right. Hmm. Um, by the time you get wholeness of body at sixth level, that's already eighteen that you can heal yourself. Uh, once per long rest. Uh, I mean, that's nothing to scoff at, man. I mean, sometimes when you're, you know, when you only have, like, less than, you know, 50 max health, or if you have around 50 max HP, I mean, you're looking at 18's, like, a good chunk of that, you know? Not half, but obviously, but it's like a quarter. Um... Tranquility, I mean, that's useful for everybody who is knowledgeable about the Sanctuary spell and who uses it a lot. But at the same time, you're a monk. You're you're going to be making attacks. So that is good, essentially, until you're in combat. And then it's probably quickly going to fall off. Um, and then damn that Quivering Palm. That 17th level one... Pretty gnarly, in my opinion. I mean, granted, it's 17th level, but still. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's like a make-people-do-things kind of ability. Like, oh, I just put my covering palm on you. I need you to get me into this place, or you know what? I might kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that kind of sucks about the Quivering Palm in general is that I kind of wish it was. Like, I feel like at 17th level, it could have been almost flat damage. It could have been like disintegrate, like being like flat 100 damage or whatever. Um, 
No, well, I mean, Tempe, because Tempe, that... Ten Necrotic for a successful save is still good. Oh, it, it, it's very good. Don't get and me wrong. And if they fail like, a con I... save, boom, automatically at zero hit points. That's, I mean, that's yeah. gnarly. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, it, it is pretty bad. But like, I, I just feel, I just feel like at seventeenth level, it's like it would be necrotic. It's not as, um. Uh, I don't, what's, well, I, I mean, they were just trying to replicate that fucking heart-stopping right. attack. Exactly. No, no, exactly, exactly. So I get it. I get it. I mean, this... I, I will say this tradition has... Uh, <clears throat> I have not read over it in a, a very long time. It's kind of fallen to, like, the far back burner for me as far as monk traditions go, but I don't know. It's, it's pretty handy. Um, I, I feel like it's probably... Move this way off of it, off the back burner now for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely one of the more interesting classes to play. One of the more interesting subclasses of monk yeah. to play, both thematically and um, on paper. Yep. All right, Devin, what do you want to rate this one? I would rate open hand. Um. Open hand. I would go. What am I feeling for open hand? I'm feeling a solid B. B. All right. Yeah. Rob, what about you? I was going to say B plus again. <clears> hmm. <throat> You know, I'm I'm gonna have to give this one an A minus. Yeah, no. Um, I'm actually I'm looking at like, some of re- the other ones that I rereading over some stuff. Yeah, I think I'd go more B plus A minus range. Yeah, yeah, right, for well, sure. You tell me which one it is, because that's gonna affect what the overall is gonna be. I'll give it an A minus. I think it's solid. It's a, it's a solid. It's a, I think it's one of the top tier ones. I mean, from thinking about it more so from just even not even just a uh, playing perspective, just like as far as, um, God, I can't talk right now. Uh, as far as RP utility, I think it's actually one of the better things. I mean, I think the the worst thing about it is tranquility, and that's just free sanctuary. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, and that's fine. Like, I mean, because I think of all the episodes that we've had where it's like, we were just spending the whole episode talking. Yeah. And just doing RP stuff. And just knowing you're safe during that RP stuff is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that uh, that's the sanctuary thing is kind of neat too, where, like, like what you said, if you're in an RP session or whatever and, you know, an NPC or something makes a couple, you know, is going to make a couple rolls to do something against you. Well, if you have a sanctuary up, now they have to make a wisdom save or they have to do First. that against somebody else. And right. Yeah, it adds a little bit of a layer of extra safety, especially in role, a role-playing perspective. Yeah. 
I mean, and that's uh, ultimately that's, that's that's the worst thing about the class is that, and that's so it's not that bad. Two so, yeah. A minus uh, and a B plus would make it an A minus. Uh, yeah, I would just give that an A minus. It's fair. I think it's up there with Mercy. Uh, I do, I think Mercy is just a little, I guess, more <clears throat> useful in general. But I definitely think it's up there with Mercy. <clears throat> All right, that was open hand, right? Yeah. So I will read Way of the Sun Soul because I do not have the last one right in front of me. Oh, God. Sun Soul. Uh, Way of the Sun Soul. So, uh, Radiant Sun Bolt. Starting when you choose this tradition at third level, you can hurl Searing Bolts of Magical Radiance. You gain a new attack option that you can use with the attack action. This special attack is a ranged spell attack with a range of 30 feet. You are proficient with it, and you add your dexterity modifier to its attack and damage rolls. Its damage is radiant, and its damage die is a d4. This die changes as you gain monk levels, as shown in your martial arts column of the monk table. When you make the attack action on your turn, and use this special attack as part of it, you can spend one key point to make the special attack twice as a bonus action. When you gain the extra attack feature, this special attack can be used for any of the attacks you make as part of that attack action. Okay, so it gives you a 30-foot spell attack that does radiant damage. Uh, Searing Arc Strike. At 6th level, you gain the ability to channel your key into Searing Waves of Energy. Immediately after you take the attack action on your turn, you can spend two key points to cast Burning Hand Spell as a bonus action. See, even this tradition's getting bonus uh, Burning Hands, you know, sooner. Uh, and is a bonus action instead of a regular action. You can spend additional key points to cast Burning Hands as a, as a higher level. Uh, each additional key point you spend increases the spell's level by one. The maximum number of key points... Two plus any additional points that you can spend on the spell equals half your monk level. So you can spend up to half your monk level in additional points. Uh, Searing Sunburst. At 11th level, you gain the ability to create an orb of light that erupts in a devastating explosion. As an action, you magically create an orb and hurl it at a point you choose within 150 feet, where it erupts into a sphere of radiant light for a brief but deadly instant. Each creature in a 20-foot radius sphere must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 2d6 radiant damage. A creature doesn't need to make the save if the creature is behind total cover that is opaque. Uh, you can u- increase the sphere's damage by spending key points. Each point you spend to a maximum of three increases the damage by 2d6. So you can have a maximum output of 8d6. Um, so you're essentially, it's a fire, it's a fireball. Uh, sun shield. At 17th level, you become wreathed in luminous magical aura. You shed bright light out to a range of 30 feet, uh, or 30 foot radius, and dim light for an additional 30 feet. You can extinguish or restore the light as a bonus action. If a creature hits you with a melee attack while this light shines, you can use your reaction to deal radiant damage to the creature. The radiant damage equals 5 plus your wisdom modifier. Hey kids, did you ever want to be a fire elemental? <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, pretty this much. Is like, <laughs> the, this is the worst version of the. This, this I, am, the... I immediately Sorry. thought of that 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 
arc that you're in, Rob, where like the the sun god is turning everything into a desert. Oh yeah, yeah. But, this is like the worst version of the sorcerer subclass, the pyromancer, and that's a really and that's a very shitty subclass. And also, too, it's it's like a it's it's such a weird class because it it, it it wants to make you a ranged attacker, which the monk everything like the monk's kit is against that. Even though you have ranged options, they're mainly there as afterthoughts. Or and, like, yeah, if if you can't reach something, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, you have like super fast speed to to, to reach stuff, and then also too, it's just the most key hungry subclass ever. Because all the damage sucks unless you're amping it to max, which, like, for the yeah. fireball, you're spending three key points or fireball. And on the last one, you're spending, what, almost six key points? Yeah. It's, a fucking <laughs> it's like, and by the time you do all that, you're just burning out key points. And then it just gets even worse when you realize, I think this class came out before they started introducing, like, the monk wraps that give you extra key points. But I will say the Searing Sunburst, essentially the fireball spell, right? Mm-hmm. Except that it runs on a con saving throw, which is arguably normally when you run into things that can make con saves, they they can do it by leaps and bounds. Um, but also, they don't even that take half 100%. damage. They don't even take half damage on a successful save. No, because it was designed for it was designed for undead. Yeah. It's radiant damage that's that's queued off con. <laughs> I mean, jokes on them. A lot of a lot of undead aren't even vulnerable to radiant damage. I know. It sucks. So. Like whites and liches are, but liches, I mean, liches and con saves kind of are, they have their yeah. own ways. And then you have like things like, uh, like vampires, you know, uh, either radiant or, or, well, I guess technically it has to be sunlight. So I don't even know. I still works. say you, the, the fastest way to do that is just to cast, um, Hmm, that's an interesting question. If you can cast a spell that causes it to rain, but the but it's casted by a cleric and the cleric blesses the spell before casting it, does it rain holy water? Mm, probably not. Well, that's an interesting but, interesting concept. I might be willing <laughs> to let that happen. Like if, if if one person wants to hold their action to cast bless, essentially on the druid's casting of like. Change water, water or whatever. Control water, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, I mean, you know, I might actually let that work because I mean, it's just like control, just like control water and have a like a make like a water dragon and just like a holy water dragon. Yeah, well, it's fucking I mean, just maybe, maybe not up. that because like it's kind of like create it's kind of like, like that water dragon jutsu from fucking Naruto, but it's yeah. a, it's like a holy water dragon jutsu. Yeah, maybe not that far. Blessed hurricane. Blessed hurricane. Let's go. Blessed tsunami. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, for when you really need to get all the fucking vampires out of the nest. Uh, Alright, so Rob, what would you rate the Sun Soul? And were there anything, was there anything about this tradition that stood out that you were like, wow, that's really garbage. Or, hey, that's actually really neat. Um, I don't know. I seventeenth well, level doesn't seem extremely impressive. It's like, oh, you shed bright light, and then you can extinguish and restore light as a bonus action. It's like I could do that with a cantrip, uh, and then it's like, okay, well, when things hit you, you can damage them. Yeah, there's it's like tieflings have that for free, and 
shit like that. I don't so, know. So I think seventeenth level is kind of blah. Uh, are you saying that this class's capstone is worse than the bard's capstone? Well, I mean, it's not the capstone of well, the full monk, but yeah, monk's true. pretty bad as it is. <laughs> yeah, I will no. have you know. I would much rather have Sunshield as a Bard capstone than what the Bards have for a capstone. Uh, the Bard's capstone is... But see, the Bard's capstone is only the Bard's capstone because if the Bards had a good capstone, the class would be unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, they kind of already are. They can pretty much be built for any situation. Yeah. You know, uh, but, you're... Also, you're like it doesn't say that you could turn this on and off. So you're you're no, yeah, you can. So is out completely. No, uh, if you read it, the light that you give off. Oh, you can extinguish or restore the light. Okay, yeah. I thought it was so, saying that you could like do. I thought it was saying extinguish or restore lights. I didn't like realize. other like a, like a, like torches and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. basically, like you're you're your own light spell at that point. Uh, and then you can damage things that hit you with not a great amount of damage. I Five will... plus the mod is like basically 10 damage at max. So, unless you get like a book and then maybe it's 11, I, it just. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm going to give it a C. Plus. C plus from Rob. I was like, I don't like it. C. Plus. All right, like, Darren, like what, do you, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to give it, I think the class is just confused um, and just doesn't really add anything special to the table um, for me me personally. Uh, I think there's like, is some RP ability here, but it, you, you're also going to be RPing. You're also going to be paying the price for RPing this class because you're going to hate yourself playing this class. Um, I think this is going to, I, for me, this feels like a solid, like just a D, D plus. Like it, it's probably one of the last. It, it is probably the last, if not one of the last classes I would, I would play. One of the subclasses I would play in the monk. So you're giving it a D. Yeah, I would give it a D. Yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm inclined to agree. <clears throat> I'll. Uh, I mean, I'll give it a D too. I, I, I there's nothing that stands out in this in this subclass or this tradition that's extraordinary in my opinion um so what would that bring the overall grade down to then devin because it's a d a d and a c plus uh it would be between a d my or a, a d plus and a d i mean if you just go off the averages of what we picked it would be a d but if you if you if you weigh the averages on what we're based on what Rob picked, it, I guess it would be closer to a D plus. So I, I mean, I, I, yeah. Uh, Usually when it's like that, I just go, I just go with the majority rules. I'll just give it, it a D. I'll give it a D plus. All right, it's tied with the four elements for being this the shittiest class ever. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, Devin, why don't you finish us off here and read us the way of the long death, which you linked to I will. me. <laughs> which is actually one of my favorite monk classes. One of my favorite monk soul classes. Uh, so, yeah. I think it's, this is, I think this one might be a contender for uh, the top spot. Way of the Long Death 
Um, monks of the way of long death are obsessed with the meaning and mechanics of dying. They capture creatures and prepare elaborate experiments to capture, record, and understand the moments of their demise. Then they use this knowledge to guide their understanding of martial arts yielding a deadly fighting style. Uh, uh, touch of death. Before you continue, yes, go ahead. Rob, I think Matilda's yelping. Yelp, yelp, yelp. <clears throat> well, first off, if she wants to, if she wants to write a Yelp review, she needs to do that on her own time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Yelp review from Matilda. That's all it is, right, Rob? Yeah. She's not stuck. She's out there spreading her Nazi propaganda to the neighborhood. Just tell her not to wander too far down down the street, I think. I think there's a Jewish person who lives down there. Devin, to fill dead air. Damn it. I'm all by myself now. Uh, I'm going to fill dead air by myself then. Uh, You can go to the Distractions Media website and look for our merch store page. I'm back, sorry. Simply Unprofessional merch. Devin, I'm I'm just trying to fill dead air until you go back. Okay, well, I I, I just pushed all the clothes that I had on my bed on the floor because as soon as it was over, I'm probably diving in the bed. Yeah, um, so fair. I Maybe didn't want to deal with that. It is one a.m. But I'm, I might run upstairs and get peanut butter crackers because peanut butter crackers are better than sleep. Oh man, um, I do want some of those now. Or like the peanut butter and jelly crackers. Have you had those? Those, those are, are really good. good too. Those are really good. Those are yeah. Really good. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I can even go for like an uncrustable, but I don't have any uncrustable. Oh yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All these things I want. <laughs> you know they make uncrustables. Why don't they make like uncrustable grilled cheeses? This is bullshit. Right? Like, when you that. just pop in the microwave or something for, like, I mean, a couple yeah, seconds? Like, like, like those microwave burgers? Like the, we have, like, the microwave grilled cheese at work, but it's, like, it's not, the, like, I want, like, an Uncrustable grilled cheese. Wait, do they make Uncrustable grilled cheese? I'm buying this out I right now. I don't necessarily know that you could, like, why would you want to eat, like, it understand, like, I understand peanut butter. It comes in, like, a, it comes in, like, a what you call it thing. Like so they have, like, the Uncrustable. Yeah, exactly. Um, They do? But then it's Pop, just maybe? like the then it's just the microwavable ones that you have at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. So they did at one point have grilled cheese on crustables. There is a change.org petition to bring back grilled cheese on Now I gotta ask this. You you know how much I love grilled cheese. But yes. if you could only have one or the other for the rest of your life, now I'm not saying you can't have other. I'm not saying that you can't have other food. But if you can only have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or grilled cheese sandwiches, moving forward, like if you choose one, you just can't have the other ever again. Uh, peanut butter and jelly. What are you going out there? Same. For and I love grilled cheese. Don't get me wrong. For a completely stupid reason. Mine is purely comfort. Mine is purely for convenience. I can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich faster than I can make a uh, grilled cheese. And Fair. usually if I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it's like this time of night and I want something to eat quick. Yes. And it's like if I could if I couldn't make that and I was forced to make grilled cheese, then I got to like make grilled cheese. Um, and that's a whole nother process. So, and yeah, sometimes you just, just, I, I, just too drunk to make grilled cheese. I think mine is just it boils down to a complete comfort. It's a comfort peanut butter. Yeah, and, and like I get like for me. and like I can like finagle out of that. Like I can finagle out of that. I can get like Wisconsin like beer cheese soup and make like 
and then get like some like some like Wonder Bread croutons and like have like you know it's cheese soup and croutons, but it tastes like grilled cheese. I can get around that. I can't really oh, get yeah. around. Now, now you're trying to lawyer the system of the of the of the <laughs> of this monkey paw. <laughs> All right, like, well, it, Rob is back. It's harder to get around. Like I can't like make like peanut butter and jelly soup. That just doesn't sound good. Why they have peanut butter and jelly soda, which is awful. By the also way. not good. It is. It is gross. You know they make like on the uncrustable like sandwich cutter thing where you can like instead of buying uncrustables you can like just make like your bread and then like you can buy like the press that like just presses the uncrustables basically. Yeah, but I always feel like it's never gonna press the same way as when you get the uncrustables. I mean, it does. It does. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to wear out. Next thing you know, you're tearing your sandwiches in half because the bread's sticking to the little press thing. I mean, I understand that. Yeah. (laughs) Spend the the $2 for the Uncrustables. Wait, wait, wait. (sighs) They made Uncrustables just bread? Isn't that just selling you fucking cut bread? <laughs> Hold on. Yo, here's Hold this on. slab of round two pieces of round bread stuck together. I think they actually legit made this. Like, I I, I hope this is like an internet joke, but I think I think they actually made uncrustable <laughs> bread. I mean, they definitely made uncrustable roll ups. Um. Okay, I think it is just. I think it's just a joke. We're gonna go with it's just a joke. In my head, I'm gonna believe it's just a joke. I'm not gonna keep looking for it. To say well, anything else. How about out your right. mouth? We start hearing more about touch of death. <laughs> touch of death. Starting when you choose this tradition at third level, you your study of death allows you to extract vitality from another creature as it nears its demise. We reduce a creature with, within five feet of you to zero hit points. You gain temp HP equal to your wisdom modifier plus your monk level. Minimum of one temp HP. Uh, six levels, Hour of Reaping. At six level, you gain the ability to unsettle or terrify those around you as an action, for your soul has been touched by the shadows of death. When you take this action, each creature within 30 feet of you that can see you must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be frightened of you until uh, the end of your next turn. Side note, I now want to make a long a way of the long death monk named Coolio. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Master of Death, beginning at 11th level, when you use your familiarity with death to escape its grasp, or when you reduce, uh, you can you use your familiarity with death to escape its grasp. When you are reduced to zero hit points, you can expend one key point, no action required to have one hit point instead. Uh, there's not a once per turn limit on that, by the way. <laughs> um, touch of Long Death, um, starting at 17th level, you touch your touch can channel the energy of death into a creature as an action. You touch one creature within five feet of you and expend one to ten key points. The target must make a con saving throw or take 2d10 uh, 2d10 necrotic damage per key point spent on a fail save or half as much on a successful one. So at full, that is 20d10 necrotic um, on a con save or half as much on a successful one. So, ouch. Damn. Um, and yeah, that's that. Uh, Mastery of Death would be really, really annoying as a uh, as a DM, just because, like I said, there is no once per turn or once per round clause on that. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's, it's it's a real good way to fucking chew through your your mid to high level monks key points. I mean, you're true, but the if the alternative is death. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I get you. It's like, oh, hey, you about to die. You're yeah, hit by a meteor. I mean, that, that really like, would. That I mean, that really would be a kind of a pain in the ass, like <laughs> constantly <laughs> popping back up with one hit point. Like, it could be like a. It could be like a running joke. Like you get like monk is hit with like meteor. And like it's just de- decimated land. He just like his arm sticks out the ground. He's like, I'm still here. <laughs> it's literally like playing whack a mole. It's like someone he's got like a little monkey on his shoulder feeding him good berries. Yeah, ah, good berry. Ah, good berry. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the uh, long death monk. Um, for me, uh, let's no. Go okay, ahead. first off, you know what this that whole thing, mastery of death, that whole thing, you know what that reminds me of? The fight with Trip. Trip literally was down almost every single time, and then like you guys <laughs> would like cast like, oh, here's a healing word for three. The second he came back to consciousness, the fucking devil would just smack you know what that reminds back me? down. You know what remind what that fight like like played out reminded me of? Have you re- have you ever seen like those college humor like spoof videos? Of that guy playing volleyball. No. Where like he just kept getting hit with the ball constantly. No. Oh man. This here hold on. He, okay, right, here this is our, this is our visual aid for the evening, folks. If I play this video, I'm gonna have to mute it real fast. For copyright purposes. I gotta find like the Well while Devin's looking for that, Rob, what would you rate this long death? Uh, tradition. I give it an A minus. What's your favorite part of it? <laughs> the popping back up. Yeah, you <laughs> fucking would be. <laughs> I was like, how you guys are like laughing and giggling about my death drama. Like, oh, remember that fight where? I mean, in hindsight, and then eventually died. It was, in hindsight, it was funny. Now, looking Fucking back Scott on. Sterling. Yes, yeah, Scott Sterling, my man. Uh, Devin, what would you rate the long death? I, I would also probably give it like a like an A. I'll give it A minus. Well, what would I have to give it to bring it up to an A? Uh, an A plus. I'm not willing to do that. I will also give it an A minus. Because it is good. I think it's one of the better fucking traditions. Everything, all four things are useful. Um, the, the fear thing is a little less. I mean, I don't really. Yeah, that's that's the worst part about that's it. That's the and least I mean, useful one of, of yeah. the four. But still, I mean, it's it's... It's definitely useful in in certain situations, and I'm not saying fear is a useless t- mechanic, but it's definitely an easy one to kind fear of is go like around. Use- yeah, fear is usually really useful when it's multiple enemies, like multiple weaker enemies around you, kind of like trying to fight you. Oh, oh excuse me, folks. I'm. Uh, I have to this whole this. yeah this this whole skit is basically that fight, and then uh, Scott Sterling is uh is trip. Which one's Scott Sterling? Number two? Uh, yeah, yeah, number two. Is he about to get pegged in the back of the head? No. Jesus. All right. 
So what did it hit him and then it went straight to the roof pretty much? Oh yeah. Oh well okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the slow mo. <laughs> so for the listeners, uh this is a visual thing. Devin's having me watch a video of this person, it's a men's volleyball, and this guy just keeps getting hit in the face. <laughs> <laughs> And it's winning them the game, though. It's, this guy is fucking knocked out. <laughs> Follow the light. Follow the light, buddy. Follow the light. I love how he doesn't even put his hands up. He, like, sees it coming. He just, like, squints his eyes, takes it straight to the face. Now he's facing the other way. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, this is basically the whole trip fight. Like trip just like <laughs> just kept getting back up. We're like, oh, he's yeah. down. Let's and then he'd get back up, confused, and be like, guys, what the fuck is happening? Like, instantly put back down. <laughs> you outlasted Atticus, Rob. Mm-hmm. Atticus got turned into a paste by the other devil. <laughs> They just kept Smith spiking it on his face. <laughs> All right. And so, if he, he picks them up and just. <laughs> so, we have our, um, our top rated here. Our top three. Oh, hey, it's tied for second and third place overall. Um,. So our, our top-rated number one spot is the Way of Mercy monk. Made it to our number one voted. And then it was a tie. So we're going to need a tiebreaker. It was a tie overall between our second and third place. And that was Way of the Open Hand and Way of the Long Death. Yep. So number one's mercy with the A open hand and long death. Are so we tied. need a, we need a tiebreaker for those two. Uh, I mean, you were willing to give. I would say you were willing to give long death the nod to A. So I would say I would just pay put that one first. All right. So way of the long death would be second place, and second then place. way of the open hand made it into our Other third way. spot. And then tied for fourth is Shadow, Way of the Shadow, Way of the uh, Ascended Dragon, Way of the Astral Monk, and Kenzei are all tied for fourth. For fourth. Yeah. And then you have Drunken Cobalt. I would say anything, anything at a B, anything at B. Yeah, they or were higher, all really close. Except yeah, the only ones that are actual dog for shit four elements in Sun Soul. <laughs> <laughs> Which Those are going back, dog shit. going back to last week's uh, guesses. Devin had guessed that Sun Soul would be on the bottom, or and or the worst. I guessed that Four Elements was going to be the worst, and Rob, not knowing what Kensai was at the time, said that Kensai was going to be the worst. So, bold move, but, Cotton. See how it plays out. Bold move, yeah. Cotton. <laughs> All yeah, right. Um, well, that's yeah, our uh, that's much. our monk. Monk traditions rated from S to D, which I'm you know I'm surprised none of us gave any of them an S. I mean, 
uh, that's just how I feel about the monk in general. Yeah, um, I, I don't feel it, like the monk is a game breaking class. It's not. No, it's a because that's where I you start like, getting into the S ranks. Is when you have an S yeah, rank, those you're, are considered game breaking. Your S rank. Your I I I'm being completely honest. Your S rank classes are probably going to be your. You're going to be your your one of your your big four. Your sorcerers. Your wizards, your bards, and your cleric. Actually, no, I would say sorcerer. I would say your your wizards. I don't know, your man. Bards, your We've cl- already had one S S class ranked. Barbarian. It was uh, the bear totem barbarian. We came in as an S S rank. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know. I still feel like that one as good as that one is. Um, I do. I I will give the nod to that as an S class for one reason and one reason only. Because if your GM isn't act, if your GM doesn't actively like metagame the situation, then yeah, it's a really strong class. But like, usually barbarians don't have the greatest like saves and can just get like removed <laughs> from the fight. You know what I mean? Um, and there's ways to do so without like, I guess, having to deal with their like resistances. So I mean, like, I, I while I'm saying like it, it's yeah. It's a good class. It's probably one of the only few like truly tanky classes, but I do think there's ways to like in five E specifically to like skirt around See, people trying to tank. But like I'm all for the class. I do yeah. I, I do enjoy it. And like I do enjoy it. it I, would, I, mean, back. I I think it's a solid A plus. I think it's one of one of, if not the best, melee based class. Not necessarily for damage, just in, just in terms of like what its role is, is to be a barbarian is classically like a tank. And it being a tank, like it fits his role like perfectly. Um, See, I think the only two, the only, the only two, I think the only two other barbarians, the only two I really feel that are true tanks is that, and just as a damage sponge tank. And then you have the ancestral ancestral guardians, which are is a tank and is like a denial tank, mm-hmm. a tank that makes them not want to attack anybody else. But now. I'm going to say a statement. I want your guys' opinions on if you feel like it is truthful. Uh, And that's, especially in 5e, everything, regardless of what you're trying to fight for or or what you're rooting for or whatever, everything, it it boils down to, everything is so situational. Yeah. Um, Yeah. and And it's all about just having an answer for that situation. You know, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, I think- a lot of people like would say, "Oh, well, in a class versus class fight, you know, a spellcaster would beat a barbarian every day." Well, that depends. If you're in a big, wide open arena and you have space to move around, maybe, because then the barbarian just can't get to you. But if you're in fucking close quarters and you don't have a whole lot of maneuverability or, you know, or, or room to move around and that barbarian gets his hands on you, that's a bad day for the wizard or the right. spellcaster. Unless, unless the wizard does fly and then he, you can just kind of. Well, again, like it, that's, that's, well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's how I did it in the uh, arena fight. But like, if you're fighting in, say, like a room. You yeah, know, no, like absolutely. In a, in a I mean, or I something. mean cla- class versus class is always is always like a silly debate in a weird way, like in a straight up fight because people are like, Oh, you know, the wizards or the, the spellcasters reign supreme over the melee class. Like, yeah, that's true. But like, even going back to older editions, if the fighter got a full turn on you, your AC is, is dog shit. 
and your eight, your your health is dog shit. If the fighter got a full turn on you, you're you're gonna die. Yeah. Um. But the issue is, you know, does that get to that? And you know, that's just kind of how it goes. So it's just different situations. So as far as what the I put this way, as far as like giving the barbarian an S class, I this is how I feel about it. Like the that. That, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't go back now. We've already recorded I'm not, and released. I'm not changing episodes. it. I'm just saying this is how I feel. <laughs> I, I couldn't, art- I think I was on the episode. I couldn't articulate the way I want, I wanted to say, like, this is the best way to say it. I think, as far as being a tank, like, as being a tank that is in that class is like an S class tank for what it is, for being like an HP sponge style tank that isn't that is that class in the Baritone Barbarian is the, is the ultimate, it, it is deserving of an S class. I do think, however, as just a, if you're looking at it in like the vacuum of being just a melee class and being a class outside of just being a damage sponge, it doesn't really bring a whole lot to the table. Um, that's just a really useful thing it brings to the table. <laughs> um, I don't know that elk one that I have with Jax, where <clears throat> as a bonus action you can move through them and then yeah them yeah yeah like do damage. I mean yeah because like, if you open with that move and knock them prone as but a then bonus like, action that's true that is true you have that advantage is on your attacks while true. they're on the ground but then, it, but then you're kind of playing up like well, you know you're you're kind of like actively weighing which. You know what I mean? Like the lesser of two evils kind of thing. Um, right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, that, again, but, with the totem barbarian, it's all about I do feel, what I do choose. feel the bear. T- I've, I do feel like the bear totem barbarian. And this is kind of in the same way I feel about like even the warlock is that they, they gave that one, they gave that ability. That ability is so like turned up to the max that picking anything else by default looks almost suboptimal. Um, and that it, it kind of puts you in a spot where, like, well, as in, the a totem cla- in, the, in the totem cla- uh, path for barbarians, it is. No, I know what I'm saying, but I mean, like, even just as a right, if you go like another way, like the only, like I said, the only other tank in the barbarian thing that's like comparing to it is like the ancestral guardian tank, but it tanks a, in a different direction. It tanks in a different way. Um, it tanks. It's a denial tank more so than like an HP sponge. But other than that, I mean, it's. It is what it is. So it's almost like when you pick a barbarian, you're, it's almost like you're. I almost. Well, I feel like the first question. I feel like the first question outside of like if you're playing to like to be optimal. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're playing to be like an in an optimal situation, you're picking a barbarian. You're like, okay, I need to be optimal. I feel, I, don't, I don't feel like you're in your head. You're the question isn't okay. Which subclasses do I want to play? It's okay. What. Out besides the bear totem barbarian, or what are these other subclasses give me that the bear totem doesn't? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they get, right. I, I feel like that that and, one part of that class is so stacked, and I, I think it's deserving of of like, like I said, I think it's a, a solid deserving of like an S in that respect. But like, I think in, like if you remove it out of that vacuum, I think it's like for and you like evaluated on just RP and everything else that goes with it. I do think it's like an A plus. It's like it's like really a class, it's like an A plus class. I mean, because you are there's RP things there you can do with it. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it. I think it's an A plus. That's just me. But that's we're getting like slightly off topic. Well, we're way off topic, right? And for those so, of you who want to be on topic, go back and listen to our barbarian rating uh, episodes and tell us what you think. Right, but yeah. So as far as uh, the monks go, I feel like they're just not. They're just not really that like well they're very middle of the road 
Monk that, is that's a what very, it really boils uh, down to. N- yeah, I mean, none of these really shine. And like you said it best last week when you were like, the better monk classes or subtypes and stuff, you're trying to emulate a different class or a different. Well, thing. no, I, see, I think the better ones are the ones that aren't like, and that's kind of like in a way that's true. Like the mercy one is kind of unique in its own way. Open hands unique in its own way. Um, long death is unique. And then well, we, have, we like, already said a mercy like, is pretty much the paladin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Mercy is pretty much paladin, but it actually does implement it not almost better. It does like its own thing that makes it better. And that's the issue. They're different. It's It's different enough to be a thing. Yeah. Like you look at like the four elements or the sun soul or the cobalt or, you know, or even, even though we rated it pretty high because it has certain like RP ability, but like even the shadow, it's like, you're just trying to be another class. You're just literally just trying to implement another class. Yeah. And at that point you're just might all play the other class. Because that, ironically enough, that class can implement. But the monk at the same time, the monk can implement that class. Well, that's the thing is at the same time. So, like, yeah, you have some of these subclasses that are emulating and, and and showing a lot of similarities to other classes. But at the same time, overall, I mean, a, a monk, even by its base core things that it gets as a class. I mean, it still makes it stand out and and unique enough to enjoy yeah, playing. I mean, I do think because uh, you, know, you can't you can't be a paladin and and be a monk. Absolutely, you know. What I, mean? I I just think the monk the monk does fit into that like second class citizen of class. Um, I feel of, like, like it's a barbarian. It's kind of like a barbarian. I love barbarians. Okay, but at the same time, barbarians aren't meant to be in every group makeup. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's kind of the thing, right? Like, or if you only had to spill, fill, like, you had, like, okay, hey, you're running a extremely hard campaign, right? You're running a, can- a super hard campaign. There's only going to be four of you. You have to fill four slots, right? I, I, I definitely think you could look at, and this is where I go back to, like, the bare totem issue for a second, but night issue. This is the bare totem. You're like, okay, for your melee, you're looking at either a bare totem, more than likely, or a fighter of some type. Um, you know, you're looking at one of those two. Um, you're I mean, looking or at paladin, a, or paladin, or, or, right? or I mean, we would be hard pressed to say now, and I, I would not have thought this before, but having played in several uh sessions with this class, even an artificer, they're they have been proven to be very tanky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, absolutely. Absolutely, to a degree, yeah. But again, I, mean, I think I think it really all boils down to group I think makeup. Look down whether to or it, not you and think then you're a looking at either fit. you're going to have a cleric or a druid, cleric or a druid. I would say re- realistically, a cleric or a druid, and then in a the most optimal sense, a um, wizard or a uh, sorcerer bard, a wizard or a bard, oh. more so even than a sorcerer, a wizard or a bard. Now, if you want to go like. From like S tier to like A plus tier, you could fill in a for a sorcerer. You could fill in for all those there, but I I do think like in the upper echelons of classes, your upper echelons are literally your of the four classes. Your upper echelons are like I would find as a DM. I would say if you have four experienced players as a DM, you would be extremely hard pressed to like find a way to be a group of just a bard, a druid. A cleric and a wizard. 
that would be one of the most hardest groups to like prep for if all the players like knew team magic shell knew their shit. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, well, no, to a degree, but that's the thing though. Like, clerics and druids can fuck shit up without it. (laughs) Token bards, like that's the thing. Like, they're not. It's not like they're. It's not their shtick. Like, but they are. Well, I can say a, a bard can could feasibly hold its own in melee. A cleric could. Player. I don't see a druid holding their own in melee unless well, they're it wild depends shape. On dru- oh yeah, I mean, like, but is, is anti-magic shell does it cancel out wild shape? I don't think it does. Uh, probably. I it's, think. Uh, it's I feel like it's a magical effect. Bill, let me see. Hold on a second. But I mean, yeah. Once you start throwing it down, like anti-magic shell or. If you start getting like a beholder involved, where he's like essentially turning down, turning off magic, then that group's really gonna fall heavily onto the cleric and the bard to get them through their issues. Right, right, right. But then also too, you're if everything your DM is throwing at you is just anti magic shell, it's the DM is right. They're, I guess it, they're one trick ponying the group to try to get a rise out of them. Exactly. You know, so I mean, just like in a in like your standard like hard campaign. Now I will that's say the four people you're going up against. That that's makeup, going to be yeah, that group makeup would be really good, especially if they knew what they were getting into. If so, they knew what they're getting into, or they all just understood their character, they right. all understood their character very well. They understood the limitations of what they each can do. They understand how they, how they can work with each other. That would be one of the hardest group makeups to legitimately do it. We joked about it before, but it would kind of be the same thing. Uh, just a party of clerics, <laughs> yeah. just a party of like four fucking clerics of different domains. Like that would also be an extremely hard group to prep for because you can have four clerics that are vastly different based on their domains and their domain spells. Yeah, like you could have a you could have an arcane an arcane cleric that looks like a wizard, like that <laughs> would play like a wizard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it almost that would be almost indistinguishable from a wizard. You would have you could have a I mean, it's kind of the same thing with a wizard, but I mean, the wizards have access to all their spells and don't really give up spells, um, like they used to when picking like different like different uh, focuses. But like the bards all kind of play different. But I mean, outside of that, like yeah, like bards and. I mean, druids can kind of. I mean, druids are still D8s, so they can still like. Druids are still a D8. They're, they're still in there. They still kind of, kind of. I think druids could probably still hang, even like in an anti-magic field to a degree. I, I I'm not saying because they 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 still have to usually would roll somewhere one or two form. So I, I think they could be all right. I'm not saying it would be their their best deal, um, but I think they could. <laughs> um. But other than that, I mean, yeah, if, like I said, unless your DM is just literally dropping anti magic feeling you every single thing, but then you're, you're, that's more of a question of your DM just being like, look, dude, like. I'm tired of this party's bullshit. Yeah, that's basically more of that's what that is, or like the DM just doesn't know how to approach planning for that group. So he's just like, oh, well, this beats them. So this every single week. So every, like, town guard has anti magic feel, like a, as like a, a bead of anti magic feel. Which also would be like a really dope ass like town guard, by the way, Webby. So take notes of that. Like a town guard. I already, guard that I already have a prison. That's uh... no, 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 no. I mean, like, no, I mean, like town guards that carry like, like, uh, you know how like they have like those, like those pearl necklaces of, of like spells and shit. Oh yeah. There's just town guards that carry those and like they throw them on the ground and make like anti magic like domes, like localized anti magic domes, because they know they're not good enough to beat like 
adventures with magic, but like when it comes to like the marshals, it's like, yeah, we got this. Yeah. So it's like, oh shit, just drop that in the ground and then you're forcing your group to fight. But that's a separate issue for another day. But yeah, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, I, so I think those are going to be like the nuances. You get on even like the, the warlock. I mean, like the warlock is, I think, fits in like that, that A as a class fits in like that A, that high B A tier kind of class where like, if you're only had four spots to fill in your group and somebody picked a warlock for it, depending on what they were doing with the warlock, you wouldn't kind of, you wouldn't really question it. Um, monk. I, I, don't I will say this. Apparently a level a one to three level dip into warlock is S tier. Fucking is. bunch of useless fucking hoes. Well, I'm treating my I warlock feel- classes. I still say, I still, I mean, a bard dipping warlock is the greatest thing ever, only because the bard's capstone blows dick. Uh, <laughs> which is, yeah, fine. But, um, so yeah, I mean, losing out on that, you lose out on one, on your, you lose out on one knife level spell, but that's not the end of the world. Because um, you gain the strongest cantrip in the game. So you don't even lose out on a knife level spell, man. All you want to do is dip two levels into something as a bard. You don't want to dip any more than that, because you get your last magical secrets at 18. Right, I know, but if you want to give up the magical secrets for the uh, warlock, the warlock, um, the actual pact, like your pact features at 3. You can take a feat to gain a pact feature. You can, you can. You won't get all, you won't get all, you won't get the same stuff, but I mean, you can go either way with it. So if you want to do that, you can, however you want to do it, you can choose to dump the three or you can choose to just go two in the feed. Either way, um, either way, it's end like leaps and bounds ahead of, cause what you gain is like insane. (laughs) The the warlock might as well just be three levels. It might as well just be a three level class. No, I'm tired of people fucking using a warlock. Okay. Webby, I've played. Multiple warlocks that have all been straight classed. <laughs> I understand and what you're saying. They're perfectly fine just, that way. I, I I agree with you. They are, and I I understand what you're saying. But I also need to stop that, treating the warlocks like hookers. I mean, they kind of are though. They no. they they just they just make packs with other beings for power. So like that's kind of the whole shtick of the warlock class. If you really think about it from like an outside looking in, the warlock's whole shtick is they make packs with powerful oh. beings. So now there's this warlock who's making this pact with this big big fucking entity to get all of its power, and now here comes like the little level fucking six sorcerer who takes two level. He's just like yo, hey, you know what? And then that, that warlock's out, like, well, out. now I know how that fucking feels. Well, no, exactly, exactly. Or the or or you could look at it as the sorcerer looking at the warlock, going, "Hey, you know that's a that's a valuable piece of power." Um, and then he makes the same pack, becoming making himself into a warlock. Um, but I mean, he's still by like by schooling and by teaching a sorcerer, so he's not he doesn't pursue it too like much. It. I don't like any. You don't have to like it, but it is what it is. It's dumb. Uh, Anybody bl- out don't there? Don't blame them for making Eldritch Blast so powerful and making it exclusive to the warlock class. Hey. Like and also helps hope that monks have uh, monks fucking uh, bards don't have like the greatest damaging cantrip in the world. You know what? There's and feats. Like, there's feats that you can use to you acquire can, that you can, cantrip, and there's also, feats yeah. that you can use 
or acquire to buff up that cantrip to be as there good are, as a warlock. Now you're spending two feet, so you're... Who the fuck cares? That's you're... better than fucking dipping levels into no. warlock. No, I hate people who dip level into warlocks. They can all... What if people want to dip... What if What if a fighter wants to dip into barbarian for just for the totem? The bear totem. I mean, why? I, I'm just, I'm just asking, like... He can't. I, I don't. I don't think he can wear armor while raging. I mean, it's fine. Doesn't matter. So I'm now just, you're gonna I'm, have a I'm, fighter I'm, going around with with no armor. You're just gonna bank well, it off I mean, of if the you're, unarmored well, defense of the b- barbarian. Well, if you're raging with unarmored defense on, and you have a bear totem, I mean, it, it, you're just taking damage in a different way. <laughs> I mean, I do not like. Either... I do not like where this conversation is heading. I'm just all I'm saying Listen, is, yeah, like, I hear what you're saying. All, all I'm saying is, it's, it's not it's, as common as people. It's not as common. It's not as common. You're want. not wrong. You're not wrong. The warlock is the most abused class and used class in D and D. Yes, but it's not. It, it, it. But if you have a charisma based casting class, which I mean, there's or a charisma based class, which there are a good chunk of them: the paladin, the sorcerer, the fucking bard all really powerful classes that are also charisma that only get better by taking a dip warlock. Like it is what it is. It sucks. Like I don't I don't I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it either, but it is what it is. Alright. Are we we, we we've hit now? the hour and twenty mark people. Alright, cool. Rob, you've been awfully quiet. Do you have anything to say about what we've been talking about? Mm, not really. You don't have anything to say about people abusing warlocks? I have never done such a thing. Good. Are you being honest? Yeah. Alright, good. I've never dipped into warlock. Alright. Well, we're going to try to wrap things up here. Uh, Do we have a science corner this week with Rob? Nope. My science license has been revoked because I don't believe water has taste, so... Yeah, here, here. Okay, SU listeners, I want to hear in. I want to hear your opinions on this. Rob says water does not have a taste. Water definitely has a taste. Okay, that's it's like that's like the fourth person who's on my side, Rob. You can't argue with the masses. I mean, also, if you want to take it from Healthline. More scientific water, research. Water does have a taste. <laughs> it ba- is based on the minerals that are added to it. It's based on the minerals that are added to it, the uh, location it's coming from, and uh, the way it's bottled um, that uh, hits one of your five major taste qualities. So we all have five major taste um, receptors in our mouth. Uh, we have one that tastes bitter, one that tastes sweet, sour, salty, and umami. Um which umami for people who don't know, it's kind of like um, almost. It's like that. It's it's that it's like that flavor you get from like mushrooms or like soy sauce, like this, like like that almost almost like meaty flavor. That's the that's what that's what umami is. So uh, yeah, we you know um, different how water is bottled, uh, the additives to it, things like that is what at the end of the day ultimately makes your hit hit your different receptors in different ways that makes water taste differently 
Um, all I know is Dasani tastes like ass. Um, you and Rob both so, agree on that. Rob also thinks Dasani is, he says it's very salty. Yeah, because Dasani. they add stuff to it, which you just said. It depends on what's in it. And when's well, it depends on what's naturally water. added. It could be like, na- yeah, but I mean, yeah, water, water, water naturally taste. has minerals in it. <laughs> like, if you get like spring water or you get well water, it's going to taste differently. They're both not added. If, I already added told to the you the other night if you absolutely, if you purify water down to its basest, purest form, which is, I think, like deionized water or some shit, where they no, literally like, remove everything yeah, from it. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yes, it, it, it theoretically should taste. all taste just like, Spit. it should just taste like water. Or It'll whatever. taste like what's in your mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but that's if yeah, you take I mean, water and you process it down to remove all yeah, of those we're things. We're talking just like if you went to the store and bought like eight different types of bottled water um, and started like drinking them, every one of those bottled waters would taste differently. Or at least to me, they taste vastly different. And I have strong opinions on my bottled water. I do too. Good job. Like, like Coca Cola and Pepsi, Aquafina and Dasani, disgusting. Get out of here. Aquafina tastes like cancer, um, and Dasani tastes like ass. So, now that we've had a science corner with Devin, do we have a getting real with Rob life advice? Don't drink green water. You ever wonder if you open your mouth in the nuclear rain, will it taste like cinnamon? <laughs> Anyway, we'll end on that boneless joke. <laughs> uh, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And Devin, where can people find you on the internet? You guys can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie. You can find me on Twitch at Missity3. And as always, you can find me on eBay looking for those just bread on crustables. Oh, God. And as always, everybody, you can follow me on Twitter at Jax Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch at DM Webby, uh, and on eBay at trying to fill those just bread uncrustables with something like peanut butter and jelly to make also, them normal what uncrustables. The fuck is an uncrustable? An uncrustable? You've never had uncrustables? We're getting our uncrustables next time we order groceries. I don't think it sounds it's, very unappealing. No, it's good. It's peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you put in the freezer, and then when you think you're ready for a snack, you pull one out, and you just leave it on your desk for like five minutes, and then you know you start eating it, and uh, it's, it's frozen peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's, it's actually pretty good. It's phenomenal. So it's, awful. it's phenomenal. No, it's actually pretty good. But sidebar, anyone remember those, uh, like those, and this was like my weird like thing. They still make them now. But anyone remember Dunkaroos. those? Uh, like, well, those, they make those now too. But no, like the Smucker Goober, where it's like the peanut butter and the jelly in one jar. Yes, I do remember right. that being a thing. I don't and think I they do that. Sounds now. terrible. And I fucking hated that because it was always weird to me. I was like, I, I, it would always like, like it would always mix and like, it's, theoretically, it's the same thing. But I was like, I, I hated it. I hated everything about it. I couldn't eat it. Yeah. Also, you know, they make. Um, See, I'm the make, type of person. They make Reese's peanut butter sauce. Like, they make. Reese's peanut butter, but it's called peanut butter sauce because I'm pretty sure it has like a bunch of fuck ton of sugar in it that regular peanut butter does not have. Actually, right. it doesn't. So what I'm saying is, if you like Reese's peanut butter, you can buy a big ass tub of Reese's peanut butter um, on Amazon. 
four a four and a half pound tub to be to be precise for fifteen ninety nine. Jesus. So you know what I used to like? Butter. They used to have like that. It, it was kind of like a chocolate syrup, but it was Reese's. And then you put it on top of ice cream, and then it hardens into like a shell. Have you ever had that? That was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You're anyway, do you not like jelly home. rub? Mm, like, do you not like not... peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Uh, I mean, jelly... I like it somewhat. I don't like. I'll put a little bit of jelly on a sandwich sometimes. Oh, but then no. you might love Uncrustables. Then yes, that they, exactly. they don't. They don't. They don't put a lot of jelly. In yeah, there. Uncrustables. It's 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 very minimal what they put into it, but it's very good. It's hard to explain. I usually do peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. I yeah, I, I, I'm so, usually the I same mean, way. Yeah, but I put fluff on butter, but I mean, like that's fine. But we'll we'll get a we'll we'll get uncro- a thing of uncrossables and and see what you like or see what you say because uh, they sell them. I think there's strawberry and grape flavor. I think ones. the most cursed thing ever though was the smooth peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm, uh, I don't know the peanut butter and jelly soda was pretty cursed. That was cursed. no. This is, yeah. this is beyond cursed. And like and like and like I love Emmy. Like I love Emmy. That's my girl. And honestly, but, bacon like, she, flavored soda not good. But like she made this. What is that? Did she harden just, the peanut butter and jelly? No, like she made like it's almost like Jello style like flavor profiles of like the no um good. yeah it's it, it's like smooth it's it's weird real weird yeah, I'm good <laughs> anyway yeah. that's where you can find us uh, and thank you for listening and hanging out with us we love you be safe and fuck booster gold. Fuck booster going and bone apple teeth. I'm a stick with gold cheese. Hashtag never forget the spaghetti. Never forget the spaghetti. Oh, well, the Rob, that, this should be an easy question for you then. If for the rest of your life, and you can have other types of foods as well, but you just have to choose, you can either have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or grilled cheese sandwiches, but you, if you choose one, you cannot ever have the other. Grilled cheese. Uh, see ya. I don't know. I, I was Me and feel the same way about. I'm about to go eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like yeah. right now. We've been talking about it too much. Oh. Well, then the next time I'm making grilled cheese, you can make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. How about that? Really? You want to start you know throwing what? threats around? Well, you can play this game. I got a bat. Get out here. I'm just going to keep turning <laughs>